Firstly, we have these metabolic byproducts called beta amyloid and tau protein, which are like plaque that build up in the brain over the course of the day. And they need to be cleansed each night. Cortisol is the stress hormone and melatonin is the sleep hormone. The most important takeaway from this is that when cortisol goes up, it pushes melatonin down, right? That's what we need to know. So here are the things we should be doing to optimize our sleep. And I'll read this out and I'll put it in bullet point form so you can feel free to note it all down. Welcome back to Recondition, my friends. If you are a regular listener, thank you for being here, for supporting my work here in helping people to lead healthier, richer, more aligned lives. Um, I do appreciate your presence more than you know, really. And if you're new here, welcome. Thank you for joining me on this journey. Reconditioned was created following my long journey from disability to wellness, uh, where I learned that it's never just one thing in isolation that works. It is a healing of the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects of self. And in exciting news, that is what I'm going to be talking about on my drum roll TED Talk in November. I'm breezy. It's cool. I'm breezy. Totally breezy about it. Um, <laughs> so I will keep you updated on that. Uh, but this podcast is a hub for all topics within the world of wellness, wholeness. So we talk about everything from nutrition, spirituality, manifestation, neuroplasticity, inner child healing, meditation, Ayurveda, trauma, epigenetics, you name it, it is here. So this really is your one-stop shop for all things wellness and self-development. And that's what I meant by that's what my talk's going to be about. I'm going to be talking about how when it comes to wellness, it's never just one thing. Because that was my experience. The advice I get asked for probably more than anything else is supplements. Where do I get my high quality supplements? I am so particular about my supplements and I research every single ingredient right down to what the capsule shell is made of, which is why my clients trust my recommendations so much. Now, because I'm super picky, I get all my supplements from Amrita Nutrition and I found them about a decade ago because they were the only UK stockist to stock seeking health products, which were developed specifically for MTHFR. And I've stayed with them ever since because they literally stock the absolute highest quality brands from all over the world, like Moss Nutrition, Quicksilver, Apex, and so many others that I love. And I know that anything I get from them is going to be the utmost highest quality. They also offer personal support at every stage from their customer care team and in-house nutritional practitioners. So you can order using practitioner invite code Lauren, which will get you 10% off all supplements, which will be applied to every order once you've set up an account. And you can also create your own protocols once you've set up an account, which is pretty cool. And I've gone ahead and created a collection of all my favorite supplements with Amrita, which you can find in the show notes or on my website. Otherwise, just visit amritanutrition.co.uk and don't forget to use code Lauren for 10% off. Thank you so much to Amrita for supporting our mission here at Reconditioned. So today I thought I would do a sweet, quick, snappy episode giving you all the tips you need to optimize your sleep because we are literally experiencing a sleep epidemic right now. And there are many reasons for it. 
So I actually listened to the episode of Diary of a CEO recently with the sleep guy, I can't remember his name, it, Matthew something I think. It was a great episode, but I was so surprised that when Stephen asked him why we're all struggling with sleep so much, he didn't talk about all the modern factors that play into it. And there was so, and I was like shouting at my car, like, please say this and please say that. Um, and he also kept doing that thing where people justify their decisions and put disclaimers everywhere, which I really hate. It's a, it's a people-pleasing, fawning response. Um, so um, lovely guy, <laughs> nothing against him. Um, but like when he was asked about meditation, he felt like he had to preface it with the fact that he's a hard-nosed scientist. But after first reading all the data on meditation, then he realized it was okay to give it a go because actually it was scientific. It wasn't woo-woo. And so he could use it to help. Why are scientists so quick to dismiss the connection between quantum and matter? Like, it's 2023, we can measure it, like, we can see. And we also know that there's a load of stuff we can't see. So why are we dismissing that still? Anyway, that's another podcast for another day. So why are we struggling with our sleep? And why do we need sleep? So we need sleep because, quite simply, that is when our bodies repair. And I'll go deeper into the science very quickly so that everyone listening has all the sleep info you need in one place. And then I will go on to how to optimize our sleep. Which, by the way, I think is one of the most important wellness practices we can do. So there's a few factors. Firstly, we have these metabolic byproducts called beta amyloid and tau protein, which are like plaque that build up in the brain over the course of the day. And they need to be cleansed each night. And this only happens when we're in deep sleep. Now, interestingly, these are the same plaques that we find in people with Alzheimer's. So it shows the importance of sleep as one of the factors that contributes to Alzheimer's. Of course, there are many like, you know, stress, worry, not getting enough fat in the diet. Now, these metabolic byproducts are also harmful to mitochondria, which are responsible for producing ATP, which is the energy currency of each cell in our body. Harming our mitochondria and not having enough ATP pretty much leads to the degeneration of the body in every way you can imagine. And this happens when the cells in the body don't get enough adenosine to power the cells. And adenosine contributes to blood health, heart health, brain health. It's a natural painkiller. So much. So like I said before, as I always say, and as I said above about Alzheimer's, it's never just one thing. Unhealthy lifestyles, processed food, too much exposure to EMFs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, will contribute to lower ATP production and damage mitochondria. But sleep is one of the huge factors. Sleep literally keeps your mitochondria healthy and you cannot be healthy without healthy mitochondria and enough ATP production. Something that has always been a bit of a challenge for me, and I know it is to most people I speak to, is fitting in the time for all the spiritual and self-development practices I wanna do. You know, I'd like to meditate and do breath work and yoga and walk in nature and connect with my guides and journaling and so much more, all the things every day. But we can't do all the things every day. I'm a mom, I run a business. And even as someone who really does put this stuff first, it's pretty impossible to fit it all in. So the one thing that's really helped me over the past year is the Sensate. It is a piece of health tech that fits in the palm of your hand and it basically sends infrasonic waves 
through the chest to activate the vagus nerve and calm the autonomic nervous system. And you use it while playing the specially composed audio within the app. It's actually pretty genius. And honestly, at the moment with my days being more full on than they've ever been, using the Sensate is really the one thing that I know will work on so many aspects of my well-being at once. So even if I haven't had time to do any other practices during the day, I lie down at night and I use the Sensate for 10 to 20 minutes before I sleep and it reduces cortisol levels. It calms my brainwave states. It gives me great optimized sleep. It calms anxiety. And because of how it activates the vagus nerve, it deepens my meditation. So I can kind of do all that in one go. And I also take it everywhere with me. So if I've got 10 minutes in the car while I'm waiting for the school gates to open, I can just do it then without the pressure of knowing that meditation would be a bit challenging when I'm probably in heightened brainwave states at that point. So for me generally, it's been pretty life-changing. And if what I spoke about resonates with you at all, you can get £30 off the Sensate by visiting getsensate.com and using code Lauren30. That's G-E-T-S-E-N-S-A-T-E.com, Lauren30. Thank you so much to Sensate for supporting our mission here at Reconditioned. So now we know what sleep does for us, let's go into why we're chronically underslept. So we've basically messed with our circadian rhythms because of modern technology. And this is what he didn't talk about so much on that episode that I told you about. And this is what I'd like to go into. So within that, and I'll go into what all that means, within that we've also raised our cortisol to unmanageable levels. So what we need to know here, and this is where I'm not hearing any of these sleep experts talking about this, which is a shame, is about cortisol and melatonin. Now, obviously I'm not a sleep expert. I understand this guy (laughs) is researching sleep in a university and he knows everything about it, probably way more than I do. But I do wanna talk about cortisol and melatonin because it's important. So cortisol is the stress hormone and melatonin is the sleep hormone. The most important takeaway from this is that when cortisol goes up, it pushes melatonin down, right? That's what we need to know. Our hunter-gatherer ancestors would wake up with the sun, which had some natural blue light in it, blue light spectrum, which is what would drive up cortisol enough to get them through the day so that they could hunt and they could prepare food and generally, you know, just do stuff. But as the day went on, cortisol levels would start reducing. And as the evening approached and the sun started going down, melatonin would start increasing, making them very ready for sleep. And all this was also helped by the fact that they spent the majority of their time outdoors, getting plenty of fresh air and natural light early in the morning. And after dark, they wouldn't see blue light. They wouldn't hardly see any light. Their circadian rhythms and subsequently ours adjusted accordingly and they'd sleep after dark and wake sometime around dawn. But now we have artificial blue light from screens and LED and fluorescent lighting. And this drives cortisol up all day long, as well as high EMFs, the electromagnetic frequencies from electricity and 4, 5G, etc. And that also disrupts the mitochondria when we sleep. Wi-Fi and high levels of EMF when we sleep stop the body from repairing. So it's impossible to prevent dis-ease this way, which is why it's important to find ways to mitigate high EMF levels. 
So in my house, we turn everything off at night, including plugs, nothing on standby, but we also have our summer Vedic, which is a piece of health tech that drastically reduces EMFs in the home. I'll pop the link for that with a discount code in the show notes for you. So when you look at screens at night, you're sending your cortisol levels up. And when you have bright LED lights on at home after dark, same thing. And another thing to remember is that our ancestors didn't have any overhead lighting after dark. They had fire at eye level. So a good way to mitigate this is to only have lamps on, not overhead lighting after dark. And something we did when we renovated our house was to kit it out completely with only blue light free lighting. And again, I'll put that link into the show notes. And what that meant was that the lights that we have have three settings. So there's a very orange one for after dark. It can make you feel a little bit trippy, but you get used to it. And then there's kind of a middle one. And then there's a, a bright one, which has some blue light spectrum in it, but nowhere near as much as LED lights. So we have all the options there. Um, and I always say, you know, like people say to me, I can't afford that. I can't afford that. Like I got secondhand couches <laughs> because... I didn't want the off-gassing that happens with the foam and new couches. So I got secondhand couches, but I bought, I kitted out my whole house in blue light free lighting. So again, you choose your hard, right? You choose where you put your priorities. So that's what modern technology is doing to our sleep, which affects our body's ability to repair, which is the function of sleep, to help us repair. But then we've also got other factors. So stress affects sleep. Because again, it raises cortisol and it puts the brain and heart into overdrive. So again, it's driving melatonin down. So you'll often find that people who are naturally quite stressed or have a lot of anxiety don't sleep very well. Then we've got the amount that we eat and the quality of food. So if you eat a standard Western diet, you're probably overfed. We need times of feast and times of starvation like our ancestors would have. And when I say starvation, this isn't permission to starve yourself. This means not eating as soon as you wake up, taking some time to let the body settle into wakefulness first, which is what in intermittent fasting supports, and then not eating after 6 or 7 p.m. max, and not eating the very second you feel a pang of hunger. What this does is it contributes to the immune resilience that we've evolved to need to experience and that we're now not allowing ourselves. Then we've got the toxins in the food we eat that also prevent the body from resting fully because the gut's trying so hard to digest things it can't and the liver is experiencing toxic overload and is constantly working over time. That's not to mention the excess pharmaceuticals that also contribute to bad sleep. So if we wanna sleep well, we have to first adjust our circadian rhythms and optimize our lives a bit better. I always remember when I talk about sleep, my cousin who's super active and always partying and doing stuff. And when I said, aren't you tired? He'd always say, I'll sleep when I'm dead. But actually, the less you sleep, the more you increase your chances of dying early because of everything I've just mentioned. So here are the things we should be doing to optimize our sleep and I'll read this out and I'll put it in bullet, po bullet point form so you can feel free to note it all down. Get enough fresh air and sunshine, even if it's cloudy, early on in the day. We get the most vitamin D at early morning light. Move around a lot. Sedentary lifestyles are contributing to bad sleep quality because, again, our bodies evolved to be used for lots of movement 
I've said about evolution many times. So the point is, if you ever want to know if something is the right thing to do when it comes to health, ask yourself, what would my hunter-gatherer ancestors have done? If they didn't have it, it would probably affect your health. And I will caveat that by saying, if there is a way to mitigate the effects, then we have to. So for example, we can't not have Wi-Fi or phones today, but I mitigate that with the summer Vedic and lots of shungite all over the place. Like I've got a shungite sticker on my phone. I've got shungite bracelets. Um, drink plenty of good quality, alive, toxin-free water. That means not tap water and not bottled water. I'll put a resource for this in the show notes as well. Reduce exposure to blue light, especially as it approaches dark. So no screens after dark where possible, or if you have to, just try and get them, get off of your screens at least an hour before bed. And when you are on them, use blue light blocking glasses, which is what I do if I'm working after dark. And like I said, you can also get blue light free lighting and choose to turn on lamps instead of overhead lighting. Reduce exposure to EMFs by turning off electricity where possible at night turning off Wi-Fi, having your phone switched off and away from your bed and using technology to help with this, like I mentioned. So like the summer Vedic, for example. Improving your diet. You need to reduce the amount of toxicity in your body generally. So cutting processed food, meat should be organic if you are eating it. So you're not consuming the antibiotics, growth hormones and steroids that are injected into the animals. And your fresh food should hold a high vibration, which it won't if it has been sprayed by pesticides and reducing sugar and caffeine. So caffeine, either not having caffeine or only having one very good quality organic coffee a day and that should be a certified mold-free coffee and that should be before 11 a.m. So caffeine can last up to 12 hours or longer. So really having it as early in the day as possible is essential. I would always advise not having coffee as the first thing you have. So I always start my day with hot water, with lemon and apple cider vinegar every single day without fail. The next thing is not eating after six or seven so that the body can finish its digesting before bed. Red light therapy really helps as it gives us that red light that drives up melatonin. So we have a panel at home that we use, also from Block Blue Light who do the glasses and the blue light free lighting. So do check those out. Meditation, of course, helps because it calms the brain and it reduces your cortisol levels. It takes us out of those heightened brainwave states back down into alpha and theta. So that's essential. And breath work before bed is great because it puts us straight into alpha. Um, and it's much easier to fall asleep when you're going from alpha into theta and into delta as opposed to beta, which is the heightened brainwave states. Impossible to fall into a good sleep from that state. Another thing I do is I lie on an acupressure mat in bed before I sleep uh, while I use my Sensate to do a meditation and calm right down. So as you can see, optimizing your sleep is so important for your well-being, but it's also about so much more than what you do at bedtime. Optimizing your sleep starts at the start of your day and you do things throughout the day to ensure that you're contributing to it. Okay, my friends, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, if you feel like you benefited from it, took anything away from it, please pay it forward by sharing this episode with a friend or by sharing it on your social media. A lot of time and resources go into this podcast. So when you share it, it's your way of paying that forward as it helps us to reach more people on their own conscious evolution. As usual, thank you and I appreciate you.